and this is my Slovak experience. Hello everyone, this is my Slovak experience podcast and today I bring another continent into the picture with Maji from Zimbabwe. Maji first came to Slovakia to work for the British Chamber of Commerce in 2010. She studied in South Africa and landed in Slovakia because of a job opportunity and also to see something else about the world. I was happy to learn that she considers Slovakia her second home now. She enjoys the experience, her job and connections. But there is also something missing, a particular vibe, some of the taste, something of the people perhaps. Unsurprisingly, Slovakia doesn't match her home country. Listen to our talk to hear more from her and please welcome Maji. Enjoy! I'm here with Maji Sari, Serena Musariri. Yes. Okay. Hello. Welcome to my Slovak experience and thank you a lot for coming. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's actually, you know, I, I always get m- more and more excited about discovering that in Slovakia there are yes. so many different countries and cultures and backgrounds. It's, it's cool. The more uh, I, I started this project of this podcast, the more I, I, st- I actually start seeing as well um, the rich variety, right? Mm-hmm. But in many cases, I- it's unknown because you don't know actually when you see someone, you don't know, you might see, you know, I, 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 we of course stereotypize, right? We, we try to just locate you in some areas of the world, but mm-hmm. we actually not know about your story. So that's actually my opportunity to, to hear your story and share it. Okay. So uh, you are from, um, originally from what country? Zimbabwe. From Zimbabwe. Yeah. And did you live in Zimbabwe before coming to Slovakia? I lived in Cape Town, South Africa, before coming to Slovakia. Okay. Yeah. I was there for four years Mm -hmm. for university. And before that, I was in Zimbabwe. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. basically, so Cape Town is, how far is from Zimbabwe, Cape Town? It is a four-hour flight. Okay. Yeah. So... Because just going from Johannesburg... So you, you cannot drive from, from there, or you can, Well, but you can. It'll just take a very long time. So, yeah. Okay, 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 interesting. So, and in this, um, in this time, so you, you, you were born in what... Let's also start from uh, the, 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 the city or the place where you, you are from. Okay. So let's, let's share with folks a new place that perhaps they don't know it exists. Okay, well, I am from Harare, which okay. is the capital of Zimbabwe, okay. also known as the Sunshine City. So that is where I was born and raised Mm -hmm. and went from nursery school, primary school to high school. Mm -hmm. And then I left for university. Okay. To study in South Africa. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and then at one point of your story, you you are in Slovakia, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And it sounds a bit... Um, weird, right? To say, okay, you are uh, like you know, Slovakia is, I guess, many people in South Africa don't even know about Slovakia in itself, right? I think they do. I mean, at least I speak about people in Zimbabwe, definitely yeah. know Slovakia. Oh, yeah, maybe some people still refer to it as Czechoslovakia, okay. and that's also what I mean, right? You that know, you know 20 so years ago something changed and we didn't get updated some of the <laughs> mental charts, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we we learned, uh 
European history as mm -hmm. well. So it, 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 it is a country that people know, okay. but maybe not so well. So, yeah. So tell me when, uh, what, what brought you here? Well, it was never part of the plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I never honestly imagined myself in, in Slovakia. Okay. After university, I was looking for jobs. In fact, it wasn't after university. It was in my final year of mm -hmm. my postgrad. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of mine was uh, working in Nairobi. Okay. We had gone, we had done undergrad together. And she had gone there through a program called ASIC. Mm -hmm. So I was having trouble finding a job in South Africa. It's a little bit difficult as a foreigner mm -hmm. to find a job there if you don't have a specialized skill. So I studied organizational psychology, okay. which is not a specialized skill. So she told me, well, look, you know, Mazri, I applied for uh, an internship with ASEC, and, you know, I think it's, there's many good opportunities mm -hmm. there. Try it out. So I was like, okay, why not? I'm not going to lose out by trying. Mm -hmm. So I signed up, and I slowly started applying for jobs. And then I came across a job that was interesting to me. It was for the British Chamber of Commerce mm. based here in, in Bratislava. So honestly, the location wasn't, I would say, something that was really important for me at the time. I just saw this job and I was like, to okay, whatever, I just this go. job looks pretty, pretty, pretty cool. So let me apply and we will see what happens. So I applied for the job. I got the job. And it happened to be in Bratislava, so I moved. And what was the information you had about Bratislava when you applied? Or, well, or I don't know, when you told it to family and friends, like, I'm going to Bratislava. The answer was like, oh, okay, is it what? Or no, I mean, to this day, some people still can't get over the fact that I moved mm -hmm. here. I've actually had quite a lot of friends and family come visit me here, mm -hmm. actually. Um, again, this is one of those things of stereotypes or you just kind of know it from maybe one place or reference which mm -hmm. is not true or correct so even for myself i was thinking like for two days bratislava like it sounds so familiar where where do i know this name from where mm -hmm. do i know this name from and it was after about two days i was like oh my goodness the movie hostel Oh, yeah. gosh, that's <laughs> totally not I mean, e exactly, point, outside yeah. of history, yeah. right, that's the second place that I've heard of Bratislava. Yeah. So I know Slovaks do not appreciate that movie at all. So I was like, well, look, especially as a person coming from an African country mm. where we are stereotyped a lot, you know, especially in media, they always only show the bad sides or the poor sides mm -hmm. and they, you know, selectively leave out all the beautiful places oh, yeah. that are in African countries. So I was like, you know what, let me actually actively do some research and see what is this country like. So I went, you know, on Google, I bought a book about Slovakia mm. and I was like, well, this is a normal place like anywhere else, you know. And the key things for me when I'm moving anywhere, I'm looking at what is the political situation like? Mm. Is it going to break into a civil war anytime soon? 
Is it a place that's very prone to natural disasters? Okay. I'm not trying to get caught up in a tsunami or earthquake. <laughs> not sure I could handle that. Mm. And thirdly, is it a place that is known for being racist? Mm -hmm. So these are the things I, I consider when I'm looking at a country or a place mm -hmm. I'm going to move to or even just And visit. this is also because of you know good potential, good living, right? So like... If one of these three things is not checked, then you have uh, some possibility for trouble at one point. Right? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so that was it. I, I said the research, mm. I, I came here. I mean, of course, with a lot of people, that was their reaction. Like, are you sure you want to go there? What if you get kidnapped and get sold into a sex slave? You know, really, this is was some of the reactions. Oh, yeah. But again, it's about not having enough information mm. on a place. So yeah, and it's it's so sad that actually when we don't know much, mm -hmm. the things that usually we uh, our mind you know goes to are the negativity, right? Mm -hmm. It's like uh, always either fears or it's never like you know what if and I just become the most happy person in the exactly. world, right? It's never like that. It's yeah, always like what yeah. happens, how, and that's that's um, but that's human, so mm -hmm. much human. So that's what happened, and you so about those three checkpoints, what did you find out? So. Well, I think not only in Slovakia, but there is, um, I can't really find the right word, but mm -hmm. people are not very friendly towards gypsies. Okay. Uh, but towards black people as a whole, I would say it's a little bit different for black women and for mm -hmm. black men. I tend uh, to see that black men maybe have a, bit more challenges than the black woman here mm -hmm. but all in all in my experience here in in Bratislava I would say that I have had maybe only two negative experiences okay. a lot of the times it's curiosity mm -hmm. it was very interesting for me when I moved here because I'd never been in a place where people don't really know a race outside of their own Oh, it's that uh, there are not so many colors in Slovakia. That's true. Yeah. You know, and I've been here in May. It'll be nine years. Mm. So Bratislava has really changed a lot since 2010 mm. in terms of the infrastructure and the people. Mm. And, you know, because back home, we are a variety of races there. You have blacks, whites, Indians, you know, Chinese. So for me growing up, I was very aware of, of other races. Mm. So coming here, I could go for, honestly, three to four months without seeing another black person. Mm. And it was just, I didn't feel uncomfortable, I would say. It was just very different. Mm. And usually if I did see another black person, it was usually somebody from the UK just here for the weekend. So it was, it was like that. And sometimes I had people touching me. That was uncomfortable. Mm. Really, I would have people coming to touch me. One day, this little boy ran across the street, just touched me and ran back. I don't know what he was expecting to happen, like... The color's not going to come off. <laughs> That's just the color that I am, you know. But it was it was very different. It was very different. So I you have even actually a more important role here to, um, you know, particularly not, not only to kids, but people that are, you know, growing up in a you know, kind of monochromatic environment mm -hmm. only to, you know, learn more. And definitely they can learn a lot more 
from you, right? So it's an interesting responsibility. <laughs> so you can change uh, the the sake of everybody else that is coming after you as well. Well, I've never looked at it as a responsibility, I must say. <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been an experience. It, mm -hmm. it definitely has been. So, yeah. So, uh, and the, the, this is um, perhaps something that people don't, uh, I mean, we, we don't think about it so much, right? But uh, putting in the shoes of others, right? So your position to, you know, to, to, to feel um, that there are not so many people looking alike you in this case, is it... Um, something that is how do you live with that like in normal days you just feel more eyes on you or something like that or you just don't care anymore how this uh well definitely in the beginning I could walk into a restaurant and no joke everyone would just stop mm. and stare it was as I said in the beginning it was mm. really uncomfortable you know and very noticeable but as time went by mm. you know Maybe people still do look, but I don't notice it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't notice it anymore, yes. And of course, nowadays, there's a whole lot more, yeah. um, you know, a lot more foreigners, a lot more uh, different races here. So it's not such a shocker, you know, anymore. But yeah. And, um, but uh, tell me also, how, how long have you been here? Like, what's, when, when did you come? What is the... Two th May 2010. 2010. Yeah. Directly in the embassy. So that uh, was the, the British there. Chamber of Commerce. The British Chamber of Commerce, yes. okay. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. So I was and there for uh, one year. And those, the f like if you can go back into the first year or the first time you get to Bratislava, if what's, uh, if you, what, what do you remember from, from that time? Well, I remember when I arrived at the airport mm. and then that was the old airport. And... I remember thinking, oh my goodness, Maji, where have you come to? <laughs> because <laughs> the airport, you know, it wasn't that that you expect of a capital city, right? So mm. I was really like, oh my goodness, where are you? Where have you landed? But uh, I had, with ASEC, it was nice, you know, I had, mm. a, you had buddies, so there was someone there waiting for me. There were also other people from different countries, like we were like the same year, friends from uh, Costa Rica, mm. Australia, Germany, Poland. So I already had like a community before I came, which was really nice. So I would say I didn't really... My experience maybe is different to other people who mm. come for the first time. So as I said, I already kind of had like a group of friends. You know, I had somebody to show me around, to help me out, somewhere to stay. I didn't have to look for all of these things like by myself or through Facebook or something. Okay, so you coming. weren't totally alone. You yes, I wasn't the, alone. Yeah. Everything had been arranged. So that was that was very, very nice. Yeah. But you, you came with without family or anyone, right? So Yeah, just Just me. you? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Flight direct to Bratislava. Yeah, okay. it was a very long flight actually. It was from Harare to Johannesburg, Johannesburg okay. to Paris, Paris to Prague, mm. Prague to Bratislava. Cool. That was when Czech Airlines still used to fly here. So yeah. 
And and now is it different to if you want to go back to? Yeah, I, again, it depends on the airline. Yeah. You know, if I'm flying with Ethiopian, it goes from Vienna to Addis Addis Harare. Okay. If it's Emirates, it's Vienna Dubai Dubai Harare. Okay. So it just depends. Yeah. So anyway, one one place you need to stop and yeah and rest, yeah but yeah. There's it, no it's direct. Mm -hmm. It's never as the beginning. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> and. Um, And what was the, because maybe now you are more used to it, but the, the first thing you noticed as, uh, uh, you know, coming to European capital and uh, you know, Slovakia, such is, uh, uh, compared to where you were living, right? It was some, what was the kind of cultural shock or it was that, okay, just the same. It's just, you know, people just look different when the rest mm -hmm. is similar. I would say for me, the biggest thing I would point out is the service. Mm -hmm. You know, you would go into, whether it's a restaurant or a post office or, mm -hmm. I don't know, a shoe shop, doesn't really matter. You know, it's almost like people look at you like, why did you have to choose my shop? Like, why did you have to come here? I was happy just doing nothing. Just, yeah. Now I have to actually help you out, you know. And I just feel like there's this, there wasn't a very customer, yeah. um, uh, like you say, focused mentality, mm. you know. It's almost like you have to beg them to spend your money in their shop. Okay. You know, so I think that was that was kind of the biggest thing for me. That, you know, the service, the level of service. I didn't expect it to be that bad. So you, you were used to better service? Yes, say. yes, okay. yes. Not necessarily fantastic service, but mm -hmm. good service, you know, good service. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's it? That's the one, one... Honestly, that's the biggest thing. I mean, outside of, you know, being spot the dot mm -hmm. here, that was really the biggest thing for me because everything else for me, as I said, wasn't really that different. I mean, when you think about... The music, mm -hmm. you can find whatever you, you want. know. The music, mm -hmm. it, you know, same music I listen to. Ah, actually, I just thought of something. Was mm. I found Slovaks to be more, or I'd say, not so outspoken. Okay. Yes. So, for example, like sometimes at work, you know, when questions are asked, it would usually be a foreigner who's raising their hand or responding. You know, with Slovaks, I didn't feel that they really would speak out. They were always would prefer to be quiet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like they will even avoid eye contact so that you don't, you know, they don't feel pressured to okay. answer the the question. So that was quite different for me because I'm a person, whether I can say it's a Zimbabwean thing, I don't know. But me personally, you would raise the hand. I, I answer, you know, mm. I respond whether it's a yes or a no or I speak up. If I like something, I say it. If I don't like it, I also say it. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one time we actually went out with some friends and one of them, a Slovak girl, her burger said, she said it smelled funny. Mm -hmm. So I said to her, okay, did you let them know? And she's like, no, I'm just going to leave it. So I said, you're not going to say anything. You're not going to eat it, but you're still going to pay for it, even though the meat smells funny. And then another one was like, oh, Mazri, we're not troublemakers. Oh, yeah. And that was very interesting for me because I'm like, this is how you perceive that as being a troublemaker. But you're the customer. You've mm. come in expecting a specific service, right? You've come to a restaurant. 
you've ordered food, you expect to get food that you're able to eat, you're going to pay for it, but there's something wrong with this food and you're still going to pay for it without saying anything. Like that mm. for and me you was... You get two burgers then, like, sorry for... Yeah, yeah. so that, that was, yeah. And that's something I see quite... That's true. Quite that's a true. lot, yeah. So, yeah. It can be. It can be. We we are discussing a lot on the on the podcast because it's a common point, right? That came out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it can be um, cultural. Like it can you can, but I think is that it can be also part of you know the, the owner of the place. It can be people. Can be that you usually hire youngs in, and this they, um, you know, if you go. One thing I notice when I go to Austria, for example, is mm -hmm. that. If you go to the you know shop assistant or waiters, um, you see people that build up their career mm -hmm. on this particular profession, mm -hmm. right? So they they have um, and you don't see so usually they're much younger in Slovakia, mm -hmm. right? So you don't see someone that is over fifty that is being waiter for the whole life, but is doing it so well, yeah, right? That you you just you know you are happy to go in that place. You feel good. You feel served because that's actually a very uh, art as well of yeah. serving, right? So it is. And that's one of the ideas. But I think it's a mixture of potentially everything. Mm -hmm. And um, did you see any improvements since the beginning? I have. I have. I have seen some improvements. And I generally tend to go to the same places okay. all the time. Once in a while, I'll try somewhere new mm -hmm. if it's come from a friend who's recommended the place. Or if I'm feeling a little bit adventurous. Mm -hmm. Because I, I love to cook. Mm -hmm. So I don't eat out that often. And when I do... I don't want to get upset because okay. somebody's rude to me. You know, I'm like, I've spent my, <laughs> I've decided to come have a nice evening eating out. So I'd rather go somewhere where I know the service is good. The food is also good. But, you know, for me, a lot of the times, as you said, there's a lot of reasons why maybe the service isn't yeah. good. But you can't expect something to change if you don't address the issue. Yeah, that's true. Right? So, as I said, it's not only a matter of giving the feedback when it's bad. When I've had really great service, I would mm -hmm. also find the manager and say, you know, this person was fantastic. When it hasn't been good as well, I also find a manager. Sometimes they don't care. And oh, they will, you know, they'll give you this attitude. Yeah. If, you, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Yeah, really, okay. that's what they say. But there are other times where it's actually no, made a difference. There was one cafe, not uh, was, it's still there, Stur. Mm. which is on, on Sturova. Yeah. And because I used to live just around the corner from okay. it. So I used to go there often and really the staff were really great. They were always smiling, mm -hmm. you know, we even became quite friendly. And then the staff changed and there were some new people mm. who were not so friendly. You know, really, it was like impossible to get mm -hmm. a smile from them and things like that. And one evening I went in quite late and the owner happened to be there. And I mentioned this to him. Mm -hmm. That they were nice. That the, the previous ones, yeah, I was like to him, oh, you know, you know, they, they were yeah. always great. What happened to them? You know, whatever he explained, whatever happened. And then I mentioned that with these um, ones that are there now, they sometimes are a little bit rude. You know, there was one time my sis one of my sisters was around and she didn't have a very nice experience with them either. Okay. So I mentioned that. And I told the boss that. And I can tell you after that day, they became the friendliest people. 
really, they were always smiling now. They were always nice. They were friendly. Mm. But again, because I gave the owner that feedback. Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, maybe cultural feedback is anyway a good thing. Right? Yeah. If, it's, if it has a, a reason behind, it's not yeah. just, you know, I, I don't like you. Right? But it's something more then it's always valuable, yeah. Exactly. We learn to do that more often. Yeah. So I said, if he never knew, f- as far as he's concerned, there's no problem. Everything mm. is great. So I'm like, you can't, it doesn't do you any good to complain mm-hmm. about something and not tell the person who can actually make a change. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. That's important. A- and um, uh, so when, when you, so let, let's, let me connect with the, um, because I'm interested a lot, right? In uh, I, I, you know, I'm a strong lover of taste and you know the gastronomic experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, when you you definitely come from a place where I have no idea what was the food there, right? Yeah. And and also I would like to know how you cope with that. Also being here and uh, you know what, what where I can find some perhaps uh, some taste from your land and uh, if it's possible here. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, if you cook, or what what uh, well, what what's your experience with food in Slovakia? Well, I do like Slovak food, mm-hmm. uh, not on an everyday basis, but pirohi. I love pirohi. Okay. Yeah. That are Polish. <laughs> True as well, actually. And funny enough, I find mm-hmm. that the Polish ones and Slovak ones taste different. Oh yeah, I, I actually, actually prefer the I, Polish I had ones. The Polish. Um, you know, uh, guest in this uh, Eva and uh, mm-hmm. Evie, and she said that uh, it, uh, I think they have also different pastry inside, like so that that's where it's uh, very different. And she has no idea how, why there is no variety of pierogi as there is in Poland. But I think it's you know culturally based in you know, that that's fine. Yeah. Well, there are not so many pizzas uh, in the rest of the <laughs> world because just that's an Italian tradition. They just True. L- live with that. But yeah. But cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. But pierogi with brinza inside, right? Uh, with brinza okay. or with meat, either way, anyway, mm. I like, yeah, I like it, cool. I like it. So, um, so with the food, I either every time I go home, mm. I come with the food. My half of my luggage has food, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's also an Indian shop in Vienna that sells a lot of food products from African countries. Okay, so. If when I run out of my stock that I came with from home, mm. then I just go to Vienna and buy some of the things. With uh, what you can buy in Slovakia, maybe there are certain things I can still make from home. But you, we can't find everything, but we can find most things and enough to still enjoy some food from home. And what do you bring from home? What are the things you, you really want to I to bring peanut butter. Mm-hmm. It's the peanut butter, for example, that's sold here is different. Okay. Uh, my mom actually used to make peanut butter. She okay. made the best peanut butter. So I bring that. I bring maize meal. It's like, hmm. Do you know what maize is? Yeah, it's, it's kind of cereal, right? No. It's not a cereal? It's, uh, okay, you know corn? Corn, yes. Okay. Now, maize is like a mature corn. Okay. So, when you pop corn, you get popcorn. Mm-hmm. But when you pop maize, you get something that looks different. Okay. It even tastes different. It's like same family, but they're cousins. Corn okay. and maize are cousins. 
<laughs> and with maize. So it's, not a sa- so it's not a cereal in itself because that's no. be more like wheat and. Uh, it can be, well, it can be used, can to, be used make to make maybe some kinds of cereals. So, for example, with cornflakes, where okay. the corn is used or maize is okay. used that okay. much, I don't know. But with maize, when you grind it, it um, makes a, a powder. Mm-hmm. So it's not; it's more coarse than flour, right? And we use that. You can make porridge with that, okay. or you make uh, something that we call sadza. Okay. It's uh, quite a common food in in many African countries, but we just have a different name for it. So it's like the starch in the meal. So mm-hmm. instead of having rice, you would have sadza. Mm-hmm. So I bring I bring maize meal primarily for porridge. I love porridge. Cool. Um, I bring biltong. Biltong is dried meat. Okay. So of what to try bring it a like, bit into context? Do you know like beef jerky? Beef? Yeah. Okay, it's beef jerky, but one thousand times better. <laughs> okay. Like I cannot eat beef jerky. It is nowhere near the same. I tried it once. I couldn't do it. So biltong, it can be made from anything, whether it's from beef, from chicken, oh. from game, right? So they, it's it's dried meat with spices. It's it's really, really, really good. Okay. But you just eat it as it is or you just, yeah, it's just part of the process of additional? Just as it is. Oh, okay. it's, like, it's like a snack. But I can eat it like cool. the whole day <laughs> as my meal. And of course, without n- without mentioning any fruit and vegetable, that obviously uh, with different sun you have different. Yeah, know, well, for sure, exactly. The mangoes here and the mangoes back home, yeah, yeah. different taste. You know, the the ones back home are juicier, mm-hmm. sweeter. You know, so and we have, for example, lychees. Yeah, the yeah, I know. What I love lychees, but they are so expensive here. And I think of one of I guess it's an import, right? But when you think I have one friend yeah. who has a lychee tree at home and we just go and pick them off a tree, yeah, you yeah. know? So for me that's always a little bit of a of a battle. Even same with avocados. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have avocado trees at home or orange trees or mango trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes cool. for me also because it's imported then the price and I'm thinking, man, you know, for the price of one, back home, even if it's being sold, it's a whole yeah, lot even less. peanuts, I don't think people grow peanuts normally here, even if they grow peanuts. I don't think they do. Peanuts, My mom used to grow peanuts. Yeah. 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 It would be an easy thing to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, that's, yeah. That's very interesting. Cool. And, uh, and so that's all this um, product help you to, to cook as well at home and... Uh, and uh, what what could be a typical meal from it's uh, i actually used to host events here okay where it was every two months it was called taste africa mm-hmm. i did it for about a year and a half i think so every time it would be a different african country so people tried food from nigeria from angola from zimbabwe from kenya and a few other countries. Mm-hmm. So my personal favorite from Zimbabwe is rice with peanut butter. Okay. I That's absolutely love that. Oh, yeah. I could eat that all the time. So you could have that with, and I love chicken feet. <laughs> I really love chicken feet. And even like 
my sisters don't understand me. But I'm like, you know what? That's all right because that means more for me. But this right? is uh, like a baked. Uh, like you, you boil them, you boil them, and then you can fry them. Okay. You know, so. They're like, uh, but it's bony. No, it's not bony. Yeah. And that's what people say. What is it's there crunchy. to eat? But okay. it's not crunchy. It's okay. it's soft. Like oh, there's stuff to eat on a chicken's foot. <laughs> but anyway, oh. so yeah. And you can have, we have um, a green vegetable. It doesn't grow here. The closest thing to it, I would say, is kale. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. and but there's different variations of it. So that would be also a common vegetable that we would eat mm-hmm. in terms of the traditional meal. And a stew. So whether it's a chicken stew or beef stew, yeah. you know. I'm also this person that likes, like, uh, the insides. So, like, chicken. Of chicken. Chicken like intestines. Oh, but I think in, in this beef. case, you, you would have many, um, uh, many similar food. Also. So I remember when, when, when here uh, you, you have the, you know, the pig killing uh, kind of tradition mm-hmm. the one the, there are a lot of interior parts in the Yaternitsa mm-hmm. uh, or in this kind of foods and that's normal thing like very popular and you can even find it in the canteen yeah. somewhere but for me with um, pigs no, no pig, I don't no. no 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 I need the insides of chickens and, and but cows but chicken as well yeah I think the, here they do something called plunka that is with uh, you know the liver or the heart and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. lungs and you put it in kind of kind of egg and so yeah. it becomes like a bread thing but okay. you bake it and it's okay. quite interesting um, so yeah and um, and how's how is your Slovak in like after nine years or it's functioning okay. it's functioning so I would say for day to day things I'm alright but I can't have a full blown conversation especially let's say at the doctor's i would need an english speaking doctor you know if mm. i'm at the bank yeah i need english you know so when it gets technical i i need help but day to day things i can order food in slovak i can order a taxi i can direct a taxi driver in slovak but like even in know. conversation when you are with uh, friends and so on mm-hmm. I well I have to actively listen mm-hmm. um, certain things maybe I can pick up but I cannot have like a conversation in Slovak if I'm speaking to someone like sometimes maybe you have a taxi driver mm. whose English is not so good and they're speaking in Slovak so my the understanding is there sometimes I may not always be able to respond but I'm not completely lost let's put it that way so yeah Good, but uh, how many languages do you speak in this case? Two, English and Shona. And a bit of Slovak. Uh, well. So, but, but in Zimbabwe, do you have English uh, as a main language? Oh. English is the official language. The official language, okay. And uh, then we have two national languages, Shona and mm-hmm. Nebele. Mm-hmm. Or Nebele. And uh, we have actually 16 <laughs> official languages. Sign language, Official, like sign, sign language, language being okay. one of them as well. So yeah, but, but the Shana main the ones, popular? in terms of the local languages, Shona is the most popular. Yes, and then Devele. Cool. How does it sound if you say like "Welcome to my Slovak experience in Shona"? How does it sound? Oh my word! Now you're asking me things. Um, 
I honestly, I wouldn't know how to say that. Untranslatable. I wouldn't know how to say that. Give me something else. No, welcome. If you say welcome, you don't welcome. Which is like, we welcome you. Okay. I guess we greet you. I think, yeah. Yeah. Or you actually say, titambire. Exactly. Like, okay. a direct translation would be like, oh, let us carry your things for you. Okay. Or something like, like that. So, yeah, that's, that's what we say for welcome, titambire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. It's yeah. a totally yeah. different way how to... Understand reality, then, right? Yeah. It's like uh, to, uh, I, that's what I love in languages. That yeah. the new languages I learn, the more like you have different words for explaining something that you couldn't explain yeah. before, right? It's still part of the reality, but it's mm-hmm. so. It's so true, nice. and that's when you think sometimes you know, like the work of a translator or interpreter is really mm-hmm. not easy, mm-hmm. because as I said, like to say, you know, welcome. I really have to think about that because there isn't like a direct mm. translation to Shona to say, like, welcome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what do you do now? Is uh, your deal also with languages or mostly English? Uh, sorry, please repeat like that. Like, your, 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 your job now, you're mm-hmm. dealing with... Uh, with English. So only English, mostly. Yeah. You don't talk in Shona. And no. <laughs> there are no jobs, at least in corporations here, that, that, need, that, that need Shona. None that I've come across. None that I've come across. So and how many maybe other a United Nations, but... How yeah. many other folks you, you know from your... that speak your language here in Slovakia? Four. Ah. We are four, to my knowledge. Cool. We were three. <laughs> now we are four. One uh, lives in Košice, mm-hmm. actually, and she, we went to high school together. She was a year younger than me. She's studying medicine there. Yeah. And the other two I met here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, very few of us. So you're winning against the Mongols here, right, that we discussed in, uh, in one of the previous podcasts that there were like 20 of them. Oh, right. really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, yeah, in the Zimbabweans are definitely fewer. <laughs> So, yeah. Even if coming from actually similar distance, yeah. or, right? That, that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and how how would you, uh, you you talk to me a lot about you know the we talk about the food and you just you know, mention of other African countries and so. But uh, t- to me, like that that's how I see it, right? I see that mm-hmm. Africa perhaps is like one continent, right? And there are folks living there. But I, I feel that, you know, there are so many different countries that there has to be the same kind of distinction and difference and background as it's here in Europe, right? Where you just cross the boundaries and you see landscape that changes. And so I, I guess that is a similar thing, right? Yes, it is like that. It is very, very different from north to south, east to west. I haven't been to Western countries, so I can't comment that much mm-hmm. on it. But I do have friends from the West. Mm-hmm. And just when we speak, it's different. You know, from the food to the way we maybe do certain things, to the languages, to how we look mm-hmm. as well. You know, so you can tell, I can tell somebody if somebody is from the South, East, West or North. Of Africa. Of Africa, yeah. yes. I may not be able to pinpoint the exact country. But you can definitely tell. Mm-hmm. The features are different based mm-hmm. on on those regions. So it is, I mean, it's 52 uh, different countries. It's 
my goodness, I'm sure even more than mm. 2,000 languages, right? I mean, and Nigeria alone, I think, has like something like, I don't know, 300 to 500 dialects, wow. right? So it's, it's very different. It's very different. But what folks here tell you when, when you know, they meet you, uh, the first thing they ask or like, what, how do you connect you with the the word they know but because usually there is usually this icebreaker right that's mm -hmm. i find it always quite interesting this tell gives you immediately the idea about what is at least the stereotype in some of the yeah so yeah. that yeah it's not bad but it's just the shortcut that someone has right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and for what is for you well sometimes for me a comment that kind of yeah makes me make this face i just made <laughs> is oh you know somebody will ask you where are you from and I'm like, from Zimbabwe. Like, oh, but your English is so good. <laughs> I'm like, why shouldn't it be? Yeah. <laughs> you know, also Zimbabwe being a, formish, a former British colony, mm. you know, Zimbabweans speak English. But again, it comes from not knowing, right? A mm. lack of knowledge. So things like that. Or maybe I will say, like, and honestly, the summers here, I die. I, I really, it's humid for me. It's Too very, hot. it's it's very hot, and I can say, you know, if I say to somebody that, oh, you know, it's it's so hot, and they're like, but you're from Africa, come on, you yeah, should yeah. be used to it, and I'm like, um, I don't know what kind of, you know, some protection you think my skin has, or if you think my skin, you know, uh, if the sun deflects off my skin, but I think it's op the opposite, right? Like I still color feel. Yeah. The heat. The I'm heat. less uh, prone to getting sunburned, but I still feel the heat, yeah. right? And just because I'm from Africa, it doesn't mean I don't get hot. It's like saying to a Slovak person or a European person in winter, if they say I'm cold, I'm like, well, you're from Slovakia. You shouldn't be cold. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Come on, it's normal. Right? Exactly. It doesn't matter where you're from. Well, and that's another thing, actually. People think that there's one temperature in the whole of africa hot like they just think that is the temperature the shadow, yeah. hot you know but it's not of course in the places in the countries that are close to the equator mm. you know so nigeria gabon mm -hmm. central african republic right there they don't have winter maybe the lowest temperatures are 20 maybe 15 yeah. degrees but 20 degrees so there it's it's hot a lot of the times but i'm pretty sure they still get hot right when you go down south we have winter well, south africa should be not so hard different than, than than here right in terms of it's still like a similar climate or not uh it is but it also warmer, it depends not, no. i mean for example like cape town is crazy you mm -hmm. know the, the weather in cape town is not like in johannesburg cape yeah. town you can experience four seasons in one day okay i kid you not one day there was hail and a couple of hours later, the sun was shining. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it yeah, was yeah. like that. So in South Africa, it's actually snowed mm -hmm. a few times. Yeah, yeah. You know, so in, in the South, we do have winter, you know. So we also wrapped up scarves, hats, coats, uh, boots, mm -hmm. you know. It's not getting extreme as here, of course, but it's still cold. Mm. So, yeah. But you now that is winter here, do you ski as well when it's uh, winter? Holidays? I haven't skied yet. Ah, Every okay. year I say next year. And then I'm like ready. I'm psyched. I'm like, you know, Maji, you're going you're gonna to do it. And then I hear some horror story of somebody who just 
broken ankle oh, or okay. something. I promise you, every year, this mm. year, I was really like, I'm doing it. I haven't heard any horror stories. T- three weeks ago, I went to the dentist. I was just waiting, you know, outside for my turn. Yeah, there is the ski on the car. There's a guy. <laughs> I wasn't that ready. Okay. And there was a guy who walked in with crutches. And he was not sitting too far mm. away from me. Some friends came and they started talking and they asked him, oh, what happened? Oh, I was uh, skiing. I was representing my faculty and mm. I had a skiing accident. Okay. And I said, there we go. There's my horror story for 2019. Skiing is not happening. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> when you learn skiing, you don't go f- I know. faster than a walking <laughs> person, right? You just go very slowly. Fish bone and just go down there. I know. So those th- don't worry. It's going to be easy. I know. I always say I'll be right there with oh, the yeah. kids. And but it's super fun. I don't know. I always thought maybe snowboarding because mm-hmm. I've been sandboarding. In Cape mm-hmm. Town, I went sandboarding. So exactly the same thing, just different surface. Mm-hmm. So, so the one that you run and then you sandboarding? Like what? No. Sandboarding, exactly like snowboarding, but, but you're doing it sand. on sand yeah, and but, not but, on snow. But how can you? Because there's sand dunes. You, yeah, but who's pulling you? Is the you have to walk up. So you 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 walk up in the sand hill and then go down. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the walking but back up is not fun. For it, eh? And there is a lot of sand. Yeah, and so how, there's a specific how, how place called hills? Atlantis. Okay. So obviously it's not like mountains, oh but, yeah. but it's, still it's, it's very fun. high enough. Yeah, it's very high and you you can okay. uh, you can have a lot of fun. Didn't so know yeah. I, I knew, you know, there, there is this kind of similar to surfing, but you just run on the seashore uh-huh. with there is a little bit of water. I do have, uh, you know, aquaplaning, so you can just do it on the seashore with a little surf, but sand birth and... Uh, Sandboarding. Well, I didn't know about it until I went. Oh. It was actually a friend's oh, cool. birthday in Cape Town, so yeah. And yeah. what else you do when you do you do also other sports here in uh, if you don't ski? Yeah. I I play tennis. Okay. Yes, I play tennis. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll stick to that to that sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing since I was eight. So yeah, that's that's my sport. And I used to play field hockey as well, but um, I don't play that anymore. No skating. Okay. It's no. not so different, or it is? Well, probably. It not. is, it is different. I would say maybe ice hockey is closer to indoor hockey mm-hmm. than it is to field hockey. Yeah. I do ice skate. I can ice skate, but uh, never tried ice hockey. Cool. <laughs> And how would you describe your, uh, you know, in these years, right? If being in Slovakia so your lo- Slovak experience what did you learn by living here what's uh, how much is different after this experience I I think the greatest part of my patience training was here mm. um, I would say it's the first time that I've been somewhere where people are very different to me in terms of how they think Because, yes, even though I lived in, in South Africa, mm. right, as much as we are different, we are more similar than Zimbabweans and Slovaks, let's say. So, mm. for me, that was, that was really, that was interesting. I, I learned to be 
a lot more patient as well with my, when I was at Dell, I was a trainer. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't only about Slovaks. I had very varying nationalities. You know, I could have somebody from Norway, somebody from Slovakia, somebody from Sweden, somebody from Spain, mm -hmm. you know, all in one room. And you have to teach them the same thing. Mm. So already you're dealing with the differences in how they approach things uh, in terms of culture, how they approach or learn things as an individual, right? And you have to balance that somehow. So uh, that was really in terms of, I would say, patience, one thing I really learned there. And... Again, as I said, dealing with people who are very, very different uh, to the way I think is to be, I would say, more open mm -hmm. and really take, take the time to understand somebody before, I guess, making a judgment or kind of setting your mind that, okay, you know, this is how they are or it doesn't make sense or all of that so really just kind of taking the time to really understand somebody their way of thinking how they see things and really kind of appreciate the goodness in that rather than focusing on the difference i would say mm -hmm. yeah that's what i i would say i learned the most yeah so it's more also human connections at mm -hmm. the same time mm -hmm. yeah That's nice. And um, from your, you know, uh, knowledge of uh, Slovakia as such, what did you learn about Slovakia? About Slovakia? I've actually traveled a lot in, in Slovakia. Okay. I've traveled a lot. Could you tell that you didn't visit so much the West part, right? But of Slovakia? No, of, of Europe. But of Europe? Slovakia, yes. No, I've, I've, I've traveled around Europe a okay. lot. I've traveled around a lot. I mean, I've been to Spain, to Belgium, mm -hmm. Germany, uh, Netherlands, Poland, Austria, Hungary, Greece, France, mm -hmm. Montenegro. Cool. More places, but I can't think right now. So I, I have traveled a lot. And in Slovakia, I've traveled a lot. I've been to... Some places that even maybe some Slovaks are like, why? So I was in Modra. I've been to... Modra is cool. Piescani, Topolcani, Tesare, um, Trnava, Kisuce, Slovenski Rai, oh. Levice, Košice. And I'm sure a few other places, but I can't think of now. <laughs> so I, I have, I have traveled uh, a lot. I'm... When I say I've learned about Slovakia, Slovakia does have an interesting history. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool, actually, that it's St. Martin's Cathedral. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was, you know, like a coronation church, mm -hmm. you know. So kings and queens used to come and get uh, coronated there. So, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. So, and I, I find it interesting as well the animosity between Slovaks and Hungarians. Sometimes it's like do you know, I wonder do people maybe of today mm. really if you ask them like why, why is it that Slovaks and Hungarians don't like each other? Yeah. 
you know you can't really get an answer it's mm. really like uh, a historical hatred that just yeah, keeps getting passed says, on yeah, because in from the past, generation to generation doing this to us yeah, yeah but <laughs> who is really alive nowadays that experience that and who can be blamed for it yeah. tell me a person right maybe there is one or two guys that mm -hmm. were on the top and yeah. they just exactly whatever exactly. yeah that's true that's true yeah, but you, you probably have similar things everywhere right like in Zimbabwe against the uh, Hicks. It's One there, I mean... City against the other, or not? Not really, honestly. I would... I mean, of course, there are some, you know, things like this, but maybe I don't know if I'm just ignorant to mm -hmm. it, but pr knowing it myself on the levels that mm -hmm. I see here... Okay. I, I don't believe it's it's like that. I mean, in terms of countries, you you do. I mean, in, in South Africa, there was actually quite serious xenophobic attacks, oh, yeah. you know, so where they were attacking non-South Africans physically, you know, and quite violently. Mm -hmm. So, but that was kind of like, it wasn't, I, again, I don't know if I was just ignorant to the fact. I don't know if it's something that's always been mm -hmm. there. Of it was kind of just like a phase. It started around the times I was at university, which was 10, 10 years ago. So, yeah. So, as I said, from when I was growing up, I didn't see it on these levels. So, yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also, you know, um, the only countries they might know more because they live nearby, those are the ones that you instead of being friend, you uh, get the opposite, right? Yeah, you think those are the ones you should be friendlier with, right? Your neighbors. Or no one, <laughs> right? Just you yeah. Maybe many people don't even, never even went in those countries they don't mm -hmm. like, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that's probably the, the issue, right? What, what you said, I mean, w w you... I don't know, I have this idea that many times, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the a lot of the stupid things of humanity, such as racism, for example, are connected with um, lack of knowledge. It's just lack of yeah, we we tend to be afraid of what we don't know. Mm. So I said it's it's really when you when you take the time as well to really know and understand a people, and then a lot of the times you actually like, huh, what was I afraid of, or what was I spending all this time hating these these people for? Mm. They're actually pretty cool. So yeah. It's also making it easier to think in uh, groups, right? Those guys there, mm -hmm. right? And if those groups have, I don't know, the same color, mm -hmm. that's easier because you can group them, right? But yeah, yeah it doesn't make any justice around, mm -hmm. right? Something else I thought of uh, your question, that what did I find interesting here? Um, was that as much as Slovakia is classified as a Catholic country, yeah. right? But moving here is the first time in my life that I have been around so many people who don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was, for me, that was very interesting and sometimes made me feel a bit lonely, I would say, because I am uh, a Christian. And back home, even in, in South Africa, mm -hmm. it's very rare to find someone who doesn't believe. Everyone 
or most people tend to be Christians. Okay. So, you know, talking about God just can come up in everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. But when I came here, it was really quite different, yeah. you know, and those are one of the things, you know, when you read about Slovakia, oh, it's a Catholic country, you know, but when I came, really, it was harder for me to find Christians. You know, I, well, there were many non, non-Christians around, even a lot of my friends are as mm-hmm. well. You know, I even had one friend, I remember at work, he asked me not to say bless you mm-hmm. to him. He wanted me to say Nastravie because he wasn't a Christian and he felt that, I guess, saying bless you, I don't know what that did to him. But yeah, that, so that, that was very interesting for me as well. <laughs> That's interesting because from from you know the uh, we uh, d- d- discussing with Evie, she said you know from Poland that is considered even more Catholic. Mm-hmm. She she thought she saw more full churches here in Slovakia, right? Mm-hmm. So that there were more people in the church on mm-hmm. Sunday. I mean, you know, coming from Italy, right? The country of the Pope, right? Yeah. How come? I definitely can say that if you go in many Italian churches on Sunday, you just see. Very old people, right? Yeah. While here you can see that you have much more younger generation that are, um, you know, following and believing mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's something like the message is a bit more fresh. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, I've never been into into your country, so I I, I wouldn't know how mm-hmm. more it could be, or how more perhaps more fun would be even the rituals and yeah. so on. So yeah. I think also in Slovakia, the thing is, as you said, firstly, it was when I first came, mm-hmm. as I said, it was really still, I would say, the beginning of Slovakia, mm-hmm. you know, modernizing or rather Bratislava, modernizing, being more globalized, let's say. So even with churches at that time, mm-hmm. it was very hard to find a church that had service in English. So... I wasn't necessarily going to church because for me, I'm like, okay, I don't understand. It's in Slovak, so I was yeah. looking for a Slovak church. So again, I'd say maybe in my day-to-day dealings or where I was going, you know, the friends I had, they were not necessarily believers mm-hmm. or they were believers, but not, I would say, active Christians, right? Because some people, you can be a Christian by title or mm-hmm. a Christian by way of life. Okay. So, you know, because you can have, an, and that was me as well. I was very much a lukewarm Christ, Christian. I always believed in God, but how I used to live my life didn't necessarily reflect that. Okay. Yeah. So, the as I said, so at that time, again, as I said, the people I was around, maybe I, it was just a matter of not knowing. But now the more I would say I, I am... Uh, within knowing more within the Christian community here, there are a lot of youth actually that are very mm-hmm. on fire for God. As you said, that you know, in Italy, it's a lot of maybe the older people you'll see in church. Yeah, I think there are significant and troubles in even finding priests mm-hmm. that are willing to, you know, to do that. Yeah, it's also because the church didn't really evolve so much in this <laughs> last year, so mm-hmm. it's still kind of 
um, in I think the evolution of society goes much faster than the church messages. Yeah. So there are some moments where you know even human rights in itself, right? And it's kind of not following completely. So people have to cherry pick, and who instead wants not to cherry pick, and it yeah. finds some trouble. So yeah, um, there is a lot of work to do there. But young is. Um, I think where you see more young people believing in something, that's where you know I- I- you see that it can grow. It has a kind of a future, right? Yeah, so yeah. And here there really are yeah. a lot of youth who yeah. really have a fire for God. And where do nice you where do you go? Do you go in a there is a kind of English uh, community or Slovak community? You have a well here the church right now I yeah. go to. It's called the Remnant. It's a small church, mm-hmm. and it was uh, started by. Uh, my pastor, he's left now with his family, um, but uh, he's from Belgium. His wife is from Ghana. Okay. And um, but now there's a lot more English mm-hmm. uh, services or churches that offer English services for quite some years now, mm-hmm. quite maybe even six years. But in just in the beginning when I first came, there wasn't. So even this, the Catholic Church opposite uh, Tesco at Kamenia Namaste, mm-hmm. they have a, an English, English service. service yeah. There's the Lutheran Church on Panenska. Mm-hmm. They have an English service. So there's really, there's quite a few options now, okay. which is which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I, uh, I imagine that, you know, the Slovak... Uh, rituals, uh, ma- even if perhaps they sound similar, maybe I don't know, but uh, it's hard to really, you know, follow, right? If you mm-hmm. don't know the language very well. Yeah, it's the same. I mean, for example, I think generally, for example, with Catholic, I was raised a, a Catholic, and it really doesn't matter where in the world you go; mm-hmm. it's it's the same. Yeah, like the order of the mass is the same. It's just a matter of you know not necessarily understanding. Mm. Um, because of the language, but for me, but it's sing songs and so on are similar. The songs, yeah. Oh, that much I I don't know. Okay, I don't know, I don't know, because yeah, I don't know. No, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, it's also interesting because you you see how um, it, 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 there is a variety as well of the same religion in different countries. Right? Mm-hmm. So I. I, I had my Italian background, that obviously it's generally a Catholic country, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then following up in um, getting in Slovakia, I saw that there is a different, uh, it's a bit different as well, the rituals in itself, so the mass as such is mm-hmm. um, much more um, singing right, okay. than praying or saying, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in this it's much more choral, so that people tend to sing more, even mm-hmm. normal people. That's instead of having just the choir that is doing it yeah. for you. So uh, and I found this difference quite interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I studied music and, uh, you know, I always, uh, there were always this conversation that, you know, in uh, if you have a choral tradition, right, even regardless for what is the background, can be religious, but you kids then have better attitude to um, to play music or to yeah. hear or to sing the mm-hmm. right song and so because you, you you start from the beginning if you don't you're not used to sing so much then, yes. then it's different right so that, right. that was cool mm-hmm. cool very nice so you you can at the same time you you, you can live here practice work uh, so is it uh, home for you Slovakia now or 
It it has become my second home, I would say. Mm. Um, it has. It's besides Zimbabwe. It's now the place that I've lived the longest. Mm. You know, I lived Zimbabwe when I was eighteen. I was in South Africa for four years, and then now I've been here nine years. Mm -hmm. So it does feel like home. Whether it's my forever place. Where are you going? We, I, I don't know, still waiting on, uh, on God to <laughs> help me out with that one. Okay. But, um, you know, right now, this is where I am. And we'll see. But I, I always, I do see my forever place back home in mm -hmm. Zimbabwe or in an African country. But I don't know. We'll see. What would be more in an African country if you, without the family and friend, right? But is there anything else that would be more cozy, more interesting for you to to live there than here, right? Something that you're missing. It's the general vibe. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's not really something I can say me personally can put my finger on it, but it's just it's different. Yeah. The vibe is different, and the food. <laughs> I love the food. <laughs> so yeah. So if we if we manage one day to to bring like a, a kind of portal, like a warp, we just can send a avogad or whatever, mm -hmm. and immediately comes, then it would change as well, right? We can transfer super quickly everything. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. A and and so w when when you're um, family and friends are coming here to visit what would what you do with them or where do you take them right. well oh. in in Bratislava mm -hmm. I always take them to Jevin Castle mm -hmm. uh, for me that's more of a better site as opposed mm -hmm. to Bratislava Castle I do take them there as well but yeah. we start with Jevin mm -hmm. I take them to Slavin and uh, those are about the sites I take them to, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the blue church. What was okay. that impression? Like, um, wow, cool, or mm, better home, or what's that? It's, I mean, it's different. I would say a lot of my friends or family who have come to see me here, mm -hmm. this is not their first European country. Okay. Yeah. So for a lot of them, it's just, it's just more interesting. That it's more of a, oh, okay, so this is, this is Slovakia. Okay, you know, so it's not really like a wow or like a, oh my gosh, it's it's not that. It's just, it's a new place. Mm -hmm. uh, it's different. So, so yeah. What are the good things of uh, Slovakia then? If you have a, to, you know, value proposition of Slovakia, what's, what are the benefits of living here for you? Benefits, uh, it's, it's a good, honestly, here, I, I say I have a good quality of life. Really, I do. I like where it's located mm -hmm. geographically. You know, it's, you know, you have Vienna just there, Hungary just there, Budapest just there, you know, and, and, and Prague mm -hmm. is not far. And even just generally when you're wanting to fly anywhere. And, but the main thing for me, as much as, as a country, it's, it's, it's all right. Mm -hmm. I've just managed to make really, really great friends here. And I think that's also a very, very important thing because you can be the, in the best place in the world, but if you don't have a good community oh, yeah. around you, it's, it's, it's pointless, you know? So I've had, as I said, really great friends. 
I've had good jobs, jobs I've enjoyed as well. So, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, so if you, if you would change something from this experience or like about Slovakia, what would you... Uh, oh, uh, l- let's get rid of the customer service because yeah. I know that this is... <laughs> significant improvement. That's exactly what was going to come up. So, yeah. I know, I know that that, that's something to to be improved, but is there anything else you would change? Yes, actually. I would change quite a few things about the foreign police. Okay. Yes. Firstly, um, I would like there to be consistency in the information that they provide. Maybe it's better now. I don't know. I haven't had to be go there for a very long time, so not complaining. Okay. But, you know, maybe you can phone and ask, okay, what documents are needed for ABCD? They'll yeah. tell you, bring XYZ. You go there and then someone will tell you, oh, well, P and Q are also missing. And it's like, but when I called, nobody told me that P and Q were needed, just X, Y, Z, you know? And that's after waiting five hours in the queue, (laughs) only to be told, sorry, you don't have everything you need, come back tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Secondly, yeah, the communication, because I went, and I can tell you, I never go to the foreign police without doing a solid prayer mm-hmm. I could you not I do not go to that place without praying <laughs> like Jesus please go before me make the rough places smooth just you know pave the way for me I just pray that I meet somebody who is helpful mm-hmm. you know who is kind and who's just really trying to to do their job and just help me out I, I'm not kidding because honestly that place you You know, I've really seen people just have the worst luck there, Mm. you know. And at the end of the day, it's just about which officer do you end up with? Mm. Because some really are helpful and will want to do their best, you know, to make sure that you haven't made that trip for nothing. And some do not even care. They do not care. There was one girl I went there, uh, same time that I was there. She went in and she was leaving Slovakia, so she wanted to like inform them. And they said she has to write it down in Slovak. She didn't speak Slovak, mm-hmm. right? So she was sent out and, you know, I said to her, just ask. Because here for sure there's somebody who speaks Slovak, maybe somebody from Ukraine or Russia, you know, and so that they can help you. Mm-hmm. I went in not long after her and the officer that I went to you know she says to me you know why why don't you speak slovak and i said well you know what i said fair question i've been here seven years yes i should be able to to speak slovak Mm. but what about the person who arrived yesterday you know what what about them oh they must come with a translator you know, she says our boss uh, even said to us that we don't have to speak in English. Mm. You know, if they uh, don't know Slovak, they come with a translator. Otherwise, we can tell them to go, right? And then she says to me, if I would come to Zimbabwe, would they speak to me in Slovak? I said, no, but they'll speak to you in a world language. 
English. They would not speak to you in our own mm. local languages, right? They're not going to speak to you in Shona and expect you to know. Mm. They would speak to you in English. Then I don't remember what she said. And I was like to her, well, I hope you're feeling kind today and that you'll be willing to help me in English. Mm. And she said, yes. Mm. By the end of it, she was telling me about her vacation, where she was going to next and everything was... We were besties <laughs> by the end of that. But next to me was a man. He was actually from Italy and he was also leaving. Mm -hmm. And the officer is telling him, okay, he needs to write this in Slovak, like what happened to the girl just a few minutes before. And that officer then wrote it for the man in Slovak and helped him out. Mm -hmm. So again, I said, it's luck of the draw because a girl just, just before I went in had the same request. They sent her out to go and figure it out herself how to write it in Slovak. But now this man who was next to me, same request, they helped her. Mm. You know, so again, consistency in the service, consistency in the information. Well, it, was, uh, it was something related to uh, not the sex of this person or... Like man, it was a man and a man actually. Ah, two men then. Okay. Yeah, man to man. So who helped? I don't know who helped the girl so before. Somebody wants to yeah, help and someone else not. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. That is something I would change. You know, because for me, it's actually the first impression oh, yeah. that a foreigner has of the country. That really is your first kind of real experience with Slovakia. How the state works and deals with... You know, and yeah. I think 99.9% .9 of the people after leaving there, they're like, why did I come here? <laughs> like, I might have been better off just staying in my own country. Or like some guest of my Slovak experience said, Slovakia is great if we don't consider the foreign police. Police, yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, that, that is something I, I would change. I mean, I've, I've heard that it's better. Oh, yeah. You know, I, uh, definitely the times I've gone, it's, it's improved. For me, it can be the smallest thing, but I'm like, progress is progress. Mm. <laughs> as long as we are moving in the right direction of making things better. So. I think see. it's also, I mean, I have this impression that sometimes it's very connected with, uh, one is availability of uh policemen that are speaking also English, right? Uh, that is perhaps harder to find and hire. Mm -hmm. like that maybe. So you would need to change a bit the, the hiring. Right? But it's also connected with the political scene, right? So if politics goes more onto nationalism and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, Slovakness or whatever, it's hard to justify uh, openness towards foreigners. That's true. And uh, because it would be like a peer agency, like you come here, I tell you, I help you, I come come inside, I yeah. just you know advise you where to go, what is the card, and so on. Instead, no, just you need to speak Slovak, feel this, go away, and uh, so maybe we have less problems mm -hmm. with that. Right? Um, but it's still a sad, sad thing. Yeah, I, I know. I would love to. Uh, you know, I, I'm working in a private company as mm -hmm. well, right? I know that there are, in any environment, there are humans, so there nothing is always perfect. But when you start getting, you know, a lot of people that are queuing for hours, 
you do a kind of uh, you know evaluation of the situation and you exactly. provide more resources where you need because mm -hmm. that's the service you're providing so exactly. you just keep normal improving it's such a logical thing that is so weird mm -hmm. and in winter it's yeah. not fun standing in that queue it really isn't hmm. no that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> so yeah cool what else um it's a lot of things are interesting about you i think like you know <laughs> the um i i, I met uh, several uh folks from africa in my past as well i studied in france mm -hmm. for a while and there were a lot of people you know that they were coming from the former french colonies mm -hmm. so that naturally mm -hmm. they speak french and so they decided to study there and it was always so fascinating for me the difference of um the world right in terms of uh uh, you know, basic cultural background mm -hmm. and uh, you know family and so on. I think it, it, um, not. I mean, difference in some areas, but the same in many others, mm -hmm. right? And I like this different spices in it because it um, it gave me also different purpose of my my day as yeah. well on how to interpret on how you know friendship and so go, goes on. So, um, how, how is it with you for you know how you interpret? Perhaps, you know, how Slovak deal with friends or family or, you know, women and mm -hmm. so on. Mm -hmm. with, with family, I would say there's maybe two sides to it. That was something also I was like, hmm, this is different. How almost every weekend Slovaks travel back home mm -hmm. to their parents. That's why Friday is always queue in the highway. Every weekend. For me, that was just a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah. But every weekend? <laughs> I mean, I love my parents, but, you know, every mm -hmm. weekend, like, they will make the journey to wherever their hometown is. Um, so that was, that was interesting. But at the same time, I don't... How can I put it? For us, when we talk about family mm. as Zimbabweans, I could maybe generalize and say as Africans, it's not just about my mom, my dad, my sisters. You know, it's my cousins, it's okay. my aunts, it's my uncles. You know, we even look at our cousins as our sisters and brothers. You know, we don't necessarily put this like label of cousin and already look at them as extended family. Mm -hmm. We all spend a lot of time together. Like I really grew up with my cousins, you know, whether we're going to their house or they coming to our house, you know, and we don't have the concept of old age homes. Mm -hmm. Of course they are there, but you wouldn't really find maybe many African or black um, old older people or senior people in these old age homes because we take care of our mm -hmm. own, right? So whether it would be, you know, a granddaughter, of course, who's grown or, you know, I don't know, an aunt or a cousin, there's always somebody to look after mm -hmm. our elderly. So we do it ourselves. We won't take them to a home. Okay. So, yeah, that's something that's... That's different, I would say. So you, you mainly live in the also the family house as well? So to, to be more Not close? necessarily because, okay. you know, again, adjustments can then be made, you know, when someone now is older and needs help. Mm -hmm. So, for example, like my one of my aunts, my one of my dad's sisters, she lived with her husband, mm -hmm. 
right? They in their own home in a different city. And my aunt is not doing so well, right? She has dementia. So she is now living with her oldest daughter and her husband. Okay. Right. So with her daughter and her son in law. So she's now moved there and they're taking care of her. So like that. And then maybe they change with her younger sister, with mm. my cousin's younger sister. So majority of the time my aunt stays with her oldest daughter, but then mm. maybe for a week she will go to her second oldest daughter. So, but basically here you see that mostly folks are connected with the nearby relatives and... Oh yeah, like, oh, like uh, you know, yeah. where you're living across the street from your in-laws. Yeah. Yes, no, we don't, oh, we okay. don't do that. <laughs> No. Okay, okay. Yeah. For me, that's as much as we love our each other. It, I think mm -hmm. it's personally, I don't think it's the best idea to be living like next door to your in-laws. Mm -hmm. I think they, you know, it's then difficult to set boundaries. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I wouldn't like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same city, no problem, mm -hmm. but not next door neighbors. No next door neighbors. Yeah. 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 And how often do you see your family now? Um, depending. I have uh, two sisters in America, mm -hmm. one just outside London, <laughs> one in Poland that I'm actually going to see tomorrow, no? um, and the rest are back home. I travel home once a year. Once a year I go home. So I'm going in March. I was in there in September last year and in March. So my family in Zimbabwe once a year. In America, once every two years to once a year. And yeah, my sister in Poland, it just depends. So yeah. Mm. So from time to time, you have this opportunity to, to yeah. have big gatherings. At home, yeah. At home. We do. Cool. Um, what, what about the... Maybe, you know, to, we, 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 I would like to know, so the uh, living here, right, mm -hmm. is connected as well with uh, information, so news, um, politics, and so on. So do you, do you, do you, are, you, are you informed about what is happening in, in Slovakia? or? I am. I wouldn't say uh, in terms of the politics, not yeah. so much. I mean, if you were to ask me, you know, who's running for this yeah. position or mm -hmm. so and so for presidency, that much I, I can't tell you. But in terms of, I'd say, the day-to-day the -day things that, you know, really affect the people directly, mm -hmm. then yes, I, I, am, I am aware of those things. I mean, for example, today there's like a, a protest in memory of the journalist yeah. who got murdered, you know. So things like that I, I yeah. am up to date with. But in terms of really the political And what's scene, your source in this case? You read the newspapers or...? Uh, people, social media, mm -hmm. right? B oh, or, well, Slovak Spectator I read. Mm -hmm. The only English that you can, you can <laughs> newspaper English. that we have here. So I do read the, the Slovak Spectator, yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's actually useful to... Uh, to to have an uh, option to if if you're not Slovak speaker, right? To, to yeah. get a lot of information yeah. in English. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Because it's important. I mean, to keep up with it. It's it's where mm. I'm living and what's around me. And for me, it's even harder. I mean, when I I can understand Slovak, but to me, it looks a bit harder than written in a newspaper than the spoken one. I don't. I have this kind of thing. Mm. I don't know. It depends maybe on how you. complicated the text is. 
It depends. Mm -hmm. It depends. Yeah. When I worked for the Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. then I was very in the know of the political Everything. situation okay. because we were dealing with, you know, with that side of the world. So, yeah. Cool. And you, um, so when so you 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 read the news, you get informed. Um, and the, the home news as well is something uh, that you you're uh, up to it or you just you don't care about you know, what's happening in Africa oh I definitely care but it's about my source yeah so when it comes to news back home I speak to the people okay because I don't trust western media mm -hmm. that's just the truth I don't because at the end of the day for me news is always coming from somebody's perspective, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the truth. So, and already there's a bias to mm -hmm. non-Western countries, mm -hmm. should I say. So, whenever something is happening, I don't believe right away what I read on BBC or what I read mm -hmm. on CNN. I speak to the people at home. But they, they should mean th there are always some trusted uh, professional behind some of the main news, uh, you know, providers. Let's say like from newspapers and so on. BBC potentially should be trusted compared to you know the blogger or because there are guys that they do that for living. They have an ethical code. They have a career behind and so on. Right? Yeah, as you said, should be trusted. But for me, the best source are the people who are there and who are in it. Mm -hmm. So, so who live the environment. And who live there, yeah. yes. Because even sometimes, just because someone's a Zimbabwean, but maybe mm -hmm. they live in Germany, I'm mm -hmm. not necessarily going to take their word for it because at the end of it, you live in Germany. Yeah. You don't live there. You're not where it's happening mm -hmm. you know so even when there was this what they were calling the non-coup when Mugabe was mm -hmm. pushed out uh, from the presidency and you know when you're hearing on social media or on BBC and CNN mm -hmm. it was made to seem like there was a civil war happening mm -hmm. and when I spoke to people at home mm -hmm. it's like I've just come from the gym, <laughs> you know, I've just, you know, taken my kids to school yeah. or it was like normal daily living. Mm -hmm. Of course, not necessarily in maybe every part of the city. Mm -hmm. I'm sure in some parts of the city there was, um, you know, some violence happening or, you know, people being beaten, you yeah. know, that's again, as I said, it's not like it was all completely not true mm -hmm. but again a lot of the times things are exaggerated or oh, made yeah, to yeah. seem more than they actually are so i mean exaggerated I it's a point of view right so yeah. uh, and the point of view is also connected with the happening mm -hmm. right so you don't see what is behind the happening and people still have to keep living they don't stop just because something is happening or even in their city Exactly. Um, wh what I usually do when, when there is a happening, right? I, I also tendentially um, not immediately trust the only source, right? But I, I, I tendentially trust that there are some uh, main media channels that 
um, are more ethically oriented. They are, you know, New York Times or BBC, and for example, are two of the main that you know, uh, they are an institution, right? Mm -hmm. And they are defending what is the media doing. That is, you know, making sure that democracy goes on. And uh, in a company, you have business that gives you the control, right? If mm -hmm. you're not selling well, then you're out. But in the public sector, you don't have other control. People don't cannot know so much about mm -hmm. what is happening in certain areas. You need someone to do it. So that's where um, and better institution because behind there is you know a culture, there are some values, there is ethical code, and uh, and, and not uh, in not trusted media. But from the other side, I usually try to to read more of the same thing mm -hmm. in different. Um, in different areas, right? For example, let's check the BBC, then you check the New York Times, then you check another mm -hmm. one. Maybe perhaps check also the opposite, who is maybe against, to really, and this takes time, so you cannot do it with every single news. Mm -hmm. But that would be in the moment where one news is very important to you, I usually tendentially try to yeah. uh, compare, and you will see that, you know, uh, behind uh, the point of views, there might be some better information coming in. It's but true. critically comparing is important. Because, yeah. yeah, it is the smart thing to That's do. And a lot of us don't take the time, you know, to do it. Because even as I said, when I ask people back home, mm -hmm. I ask different groups of people, oh, different yeah. classes of people, you know, because you can't just ask one group because their situation is not the same as somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I really try as I said, to ask different groups and different classes of people of what is really going on, you know, is this true what you see in the news? Because yeah. at the end of the day, it also depends on where do you live, you know, do you live on the better side of town or the not so great side of town? Mm. Because that really will determine how much or how little of mm -hmm. the current happening is affecting you oh, yeah. directly, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, but as you said, for me, what frustrates me is when I have... Somebody, oh, I'll give you a scenario that happened. I was in Vienna mm -hmm. and there was, I don't remember what the conversation was exactly, but it was a guy from Austria who's now started telling me things about Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. right? Which were not necessarily accurate. Okay. But he was convinced that was the truth because he read it on BBC. Okay. Or heard it on BBC. Right? So I said to him, okay, have you ever even been to Zimbabwe? Okay. No. So how can you argue with me, mm -hmm. a Zimbabwean, mm -hmm. about this? I don't remember what exactly it was, you know, but that for me sometimes is so frustrating because you will have people who, as I said, you know, depending on where they read it or where they heard it, mm -hmm. and that becomes the absolute truth. And I'm like, but how can you really kind of then tell somebody who's from that place and you've never even been there that that is the truth yeah, of, of, of where they it's come from? Brain is important to have and mm -hmm. critical thinking as well. And that's where I started, right? The responsibility from your side as well is to open up a door where um, we perhaps don't know. And uh, you know, thanks to talking with people, daring to ask, daring yeah. to share is the best way to learn. It is. And I'm yeah. always happy. I actually 
uh, Katya, <laughs> who was one of your... That called you here, actually, <laughs> so it's a responsibility. Yes. I don't know what conversation we were having once because we used to live together. Yeah. And I don't know what she asked me. And I said, you know what? Why don't you come and see for yourself? Oh, yeah. And she was like, okay. And honestly, I didn't take her seriously. And uh, next thing, she went and told another friend of ours that she's going to Zimbabwe with me. Mm -hmm. And the friend was like, oh, can I come too? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. I ended oh. up going with four of them. Oh, cool. <laughs> and they even bought their plane tickets before I bought mine. But honestly, I said, the best way yeah, is to come and see for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because maybe you'll think that I'm being biased because it's my country mm -hmm. or I, you know, I've got blinders on and I don't want to see the truth of the situation or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come and see for yourself. Then you can actually make an educated and informed opinion as to this place called Zimbabwe. Oh, yeah. You know, and they loved it. They loved it, you know, and I, in 2016, I went with another two friends, a uh, Slovak and an American, and it was, a, it was a great trip. So, yeah, it's always best to go see yourself. Of course, we can't always, not all of us oh, can yeah. manage it, but when you get the chance, mm -hmm. it's always good to go and see a new place for yeah, yourself. And at the same time, when you are in, um, uh, in Slovakia, right, you... You, you you share about Zimbabwe. When you're in mm -hmm. Zimbabwe, you actually share about Slovakia. You're the yeah. first one to talk <laughs> about it. So you can be promoter of both yeah. in different areas. Cool. So for the folks that see what what, what is cool about Zimbabwe, where, where we, we should all go and see it with our eyes. Yes. Well, we have one of the seven wonders of the world. Okay. We have Victoria Falls, mm -hmm. uh, which oh, yeah. we share with Zambia, actually. But I think majority of it is on the Zimbabwe side. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of uh, beautiful wildlife, a lot of great nature, right? So you can see the big five mm -hmm. uh, in Zim. And, you know, Zimbabweans are really very friendly, happy people. You know, it's really mm -hmm. a, nice, a nice atmosphere, fantastic cool. food. So, yeah, I think it would be a, a great experience. I always tell people, just mm -hmm. with Africa in general, especially the South, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm being a bit biased, that don't go there until you're ready to never leave. Okay. Because you will love it so much, really, and it will be very difficult to leave. But <laughs> nine years in Slovakia is also connected a bit with Slovakia, right? You come to Slovakia. It's, you, you know, as I said, not to, say? not to, um, what's the word? It's not that I don't like Slovakia. Yeah. But for me, I'm that person that I have the 80-20 rule, right? Oh, I yeah. need to be 80. As long as I'm 80% happy, then that's all that matters to oh, me. Yeah. So again, it's not necessarily, I didn't choose the country. Mm -hmm. For me right now, it's about the job, right? And the people around me. So as long as I'm happy with those things, there's no reason for me to just be like, okay, why don't I just move to Germany and see what's there? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, so as I said, it is a lovely country. It's now become my second home, but it does not compare to Zimbabwe. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I can imagine. That. And, you know, it's always, um, you know, the home where we, we were born, right? Mm -hmm. And it's part of us as well, right? A piece of the puzzle that without it you wouldn't be able to see the whole picture. Yeah. And that's cool. 
Well, Maji, thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else we we should share or about your experience? Oh, I think we've shared a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> we've given well, the people a lot. There is always this question for me, right? If there is anything you would like to share, it's that's, that's also the space. Yeah, well, uh, nothing that comes to mind right now. So okay. yeah. Thank you so much for being here. It was a being very interesting conversation. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to my Slovak experience. See you at the next interview. Till then, have fun, share and enjoy. So, did you like my Slovak experience podcast? If yes, you can share it with your friends and peers. They can listen it from many sources, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Tuning Radio or Spotify. And now, you can also watch us on video while we are recording on YouTube. Thank you.